American Road Trip Talk begins after this message. Are we there yet? That's not a question you'll be hearing while cruising around Nevada. That's because here in the road trip capital of the USA, that old cliche about it being the journey that matters more is actually legit. In Nevada, you can kick back in a crowdless state or national park. Gaze up at some of the nation's darkest, most star-studded skies. Meander among the world's oldest living trees. Have your breath stolen by the crystal clear waters of Lake Tahoe. All along the way, you will find the kinds of iconic, wide-open highways where road trip dreams are made. For insider tips about Nevada road trips and unexpected Silver State destinations, Order your free Nevada magazine and visitor guide today at TravelNevada.com slash travel dash guides. The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. We like to say it's always great to have you along with us for the ride. Our producer, our buddy, Nathan Miller, he's at the board. And today, the ever-elusive Bigfoot, a.k.a. Sasquatch, continues to fascinate and confound people around the world. Sasquatch researcher and Bigfoot balladeer of renown, Tom Yamarone, joins us today to talk about a couple of West Coast museums dedicated to all things Bigfoot. And unlike the subject itself, they are not hard to find if you know where to look. In fact, you could visit both in a single road trip. It's good to have Tom back with us. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we will be back with the interview right after this. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk and a conversation with Tom Yamarone. He is very well known in the Bigfoot research community. He's a researcher in his own right. He's a wonderful balladeer, so that he adds grace notes to all of his work having to do with uncovering the realities, following the trails of evidence, and I use the plural advisedly, the trails on the way to discovering whether or not Bigfoot, Sasquatch, is really for real. And we welcome back to the show. He's done this before. Our listeners will be pleased to welcome Tom Yamarone. Tom, how are you doing today? Great, Gary. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be with you again. Oh, well, thank you so much, Tom. I am looking forward to what you have to say, even more than usual today, because 
in the Pacific Northwest and headed down, if you're making the West Coast swing or if you already live in the vicinity, people have an opportunity to visit a couple of museums dedicated to the search for and evidence of Bigfoot or Sasquatch to go back to the uh, North American tribal reference. Tom, let's get started by indicating where these two places are. You and I discussed it by way of show prep. But people want to know if they want to go on the trail of Bigfoot and go someplace where the Bigfoot phenomenon is represented, museum style, where are a couple of good places considered among the best where people might visit in the West? Well, you you would head down towards Portland, go a little east uh, into Gresham and then south into Boring, Oregon, one of the best Bigfoot museums there is, the North American Bigfoot Center. Uh, run and by that Melissa is owned. Cliff Berrickman. Yeah, I was going to say Correct. Cliff Berrickman is the owner and operator. He's the curator of the museum. Yes, he and his wife have put it together with some fantastic exhibits and great artwork. Melissa does great art, and uh, you know it, it was just a revelation for my wife and I to visit there in late February, and so it was just a joy to see the exhibits and the work he's put into it. And Cliff does ongoing research in the area. And and so I, I guess there's a level of a membership at the museum where you can see his research videos he takes when he's out in the field. And and it just was a great experience. He's a great host. And, and so Boring, Oregon, funny name for a town. You're not really in town, but, you know, you're along the highway to Mount Hood is where you are from Portland to Mount Hood. And and right there off the highway is the North American Bigfoot Center. Just a great place. Tell us about your experience. You and your wife were able to, and I envy you both, were able to go there and take in all that is on offer from Cliff, who's a friendly man. You can tell that just by, by watching him on TV or YouTube. Used to be a school teacher, right. I understand, until he got into Bigfoot full time. Yes, he was until back in the day he taught school in Portland. And when I met Cliff, he was a teacher in Long Beach, California. We met in 2004, years ago, many years ago. And, uh, it was a, and so I just cherish our friendship over the years. He credits me with introducing him to James Bobo Fay, which, you know, I vaguely remember, but I guess it's true. So I'll take the credit, but. You know, uh, so, you know, Cliff's just a great friend. And so when my wife and I visited, we were hosted. We went on the Monday and a Tuesday. And those are days that Cliff is at the museum. So he's just a joy. You know, great, great time and personal uh, uh, guided tour by Cliff himself. And sure. and so, yeah. You got the premium fantastic. treatment. That's excellent. So what did you see when you were there? Now, I'm going to guess there must be some casts of footprints. Oh, yeah. Cliff is well known for his cast and the cast he's taken. And so there's many exhibits of cast. But what stood out to me was he wants things that are evidentiary. So he found a man who had taken a Polaroid uh, picture in the mid-70s of a handprint in the snow when he started a backpacking trip. So he has that photograph and the camera that the man used. You know, it's just a great exhibit. And then the man's cut his uh, backpacking trip short and, and went out and called his father. And when the father picked him up, 
uh, they, they had a sighting right there at the trailhead. Now, they had a visual sighting of a Bigfoot? Yes, yes. So that's oh, wow. a great exhibit right there. And then they have oh, another one excellent. where a woman was out smoking a cigarette behind a Walmart. You know, and that's what Cliff says. These aren't, oh, the Bigfoots aren't always in the deep woods. You know, they'll come up to the edge of town or wherever, you know, even where people live. And so this woman was outside of a doctor's office near a Walmart smoking a cigarette. And there was something up on the hillside. And she got out her old flip phone camera uh, and, and uh, took a picture of it. And, and, and just by comparison, it's huge. This huge, dark, upright object up on a hillside. And, 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 and it's just another great piece of evidence that he has. And then he also has donated to him by the Olympic project up there uh, on the Olympic Peninsula, and one of, a, a recreation of a nest that they found on, on some remote property uh, there behind Olympia, I think, or Snohomish, Skyhomish. But anyway, uh, so he has this nest on display, and it's just fantastic. And he also, he also he has many different rooms. And then uh, there's, a horse, of course, a great exhibit to the Patterson-Gimlin film. And he's got a life-size uh, image from the film that shows the footprint, you know, the creature stepping away. And you see the bottom of the foot very clearly, <clears throat> you know. And, and so that, that – and then he has a, an interview Bob Gimlin did a few years ago with a, a young uh, documentarian – uh, and, and that's kind of on a loop. You put on headphones, and then then he also got this model from a guy in Ohio of a of a bigfoot he calls Murphy, which is kind of the cornerstone of his museum, or you know where people will go and take their photographs when they're there. And, and, and Tom, let me ask life. you. The, uh, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me just stop you. Though my listeners would consider me remiss if I did not ask you. How would anyone know that they had stumbled on a Bigfoot nest? Well, they, I guess they had people that were uh, seeing them in the area, uh, you know, so they were frequent in this area. And then when they hiked up loggers, I think it was, up to this ridge, they found these viewpoints. And along these uh, great view vista points for the valley uh, were these nests and uh, I believe there were several of them, you know, maybe half a dozen nests, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and they're about eight feet wide and tramped down moss and fir branches, you know, and, and, and you could just tell something had been bedding there. So that's how they knew. And then they found ev hair evidence in the nest. Those tufts of hair. A lot of that uh, may amount, along with the uh, cast of the footprints, there's even at, at one of the museums we're going to discuss today, there's even a, a Bigfoot buttocks imprint. That would be exciting. But with the cast of the yeah, footprint he, he, He's got a copy hair. of that on display, by the way. He, <laughs> he found a copy of that, the Bigfoot buttocks, yeah. A Bigfoot buttocks. Yeah, hilarious. And the, those hilarious, tufts of huh? hair, with what Cliff Barrickman has been able to collect, has he submitted some of this or all of it to the kind of scientific scrutiny that you might expect of people who work in laboratories? Well, I, you know, I know he's in touch with Dr. Jeff Meldrum at Idaho State University in Pocatello. So between them, I believe they've gone to the degree to 
you know, pro- prove, uh, get, get the evidence, uh, proven to be non-human or, you know, I won't say non-human because I believe that Bigfoots are, you know, they're not part human. They're, but there's a human element to their DNA. So, you know, but yes. you don't want to find human because then that would imply contamination. But yeah, I mean, no, or I, worse. Yes, he's gone. <laughs> yes. Albert Osmond. Yeah. Worse. You know, yeah, we, we'll leave that one alone. But anyway, the uh, with what Cliff has to offer, uh, is there a video component? And let's keep in mind here, Tom, that Cliff owns and curates a Bigfoot museum in territory that is commonly associated with Bigfoot sightings and reports. Well, right, even uh, even to this day, if you're a, a, a member of that museum, he'll send you videos. He just recently found footprints near near the not near the museum but on a river nearby and and he videotapes his uh uh like he's making finding bigfoot he videotapes himself out in the woods hiking and then showing you how you know on the way in he didn't see the footprints but on the way out a half hour later boom there they are and he shows you when he finds them he shows you as he casts them and then he shows you the cast when he pulls it so that's just wonderful stuff and i'm just lucky to know the man and be able to see some of that firsthand as he shares it with me. Absolutely. And I know that he feels very fortunate to know you, Tom, before we move on to the next one, because there's one to visit in California has a a big story unto itself, a big quarry and a big uh, museum, not it's kind of a small museum, but a big story as the backstory that justifies the existence of it in the Santa Cruz mountains. They're at Bigfoot Discovery right. Center. But before we get to that one, let me just, for the sake of our listeners, Tom, please tell all of us what it is you do actively and consistently as a person who is attached to the ongoing search for Sasquatch. Well, you know, back when I was active, I would go out uh, probably every other weekend, camp, or go to what you would call Bigfoot territory in air quotes and camp and try to get evidence, you know, uh, set up micro uh, recorders at night, overnight while you're sleeping. And doing that, I've recorded wood knocks in the morning and, and, and then we'd go actively go out and I'd have a recorder in my, uh, in the band of the headlamp on my knitted hat up in the Sierras one night. And we did a wood knock with a, with a drum clave, uh, you know, a wood block and, we did this wood knock and bam, bam, bam. And all of a sudden it started getting screams. And that I made a video out of on a YouTube called possible Bigfoot screams in near gold Lake, California. Do you have your name attached to it? Possible Bigfoot screams, Tom Yamarone. I think it's under Bigfoot songs zero four back when I started the channel in 2004. I called it Bigfoot Song Zero Four. Right, that's my channel. Beautiful. A lot of people are fascinated by this. We want to show them where they can get additional insight. So right. that's, so that's yeah, boring that. Oregon. Boring Oregon, a lot less boring than it used to be because uh, what not boring, the, uh, right? Big, not boring. Not boring anymore. Well, that's what they call the town. That would be a whole show unto itself. How did it acquire a name like boring when I assume they want people to come visit them? And they will when they go to Cliff's place there, there, which is the North American Bigfoot Center. 
and uh, right. they have all no, kinds of goodies. Let's talk about Mike Rudd Museum because the Santa Cruz yeah. Mountains are also a great road trip destination. That's why I got over, used to go over there when I was in college down there on the peninsula south of San Francisco. But yeah, now the, we're talking about Santa Felton, Cruz, California. Right, Felton, California, near the uh, Big Basin Redwoods. Uh, and there's a little Redwood Park near Mike's Museum, too, that has a great little walk through the Redwoods. But Felton itself, uh, you know, recently with these, we got some rough storms in January, had a lot of flooding. And I'm sure the museum's okay because it's not near the river that runs through Felton. But Felton is just a great road trip destination. I think you're about nine miles up from the town of Santa Cruz. So, you know, you, you can go to Santa Cruz and go take a day trip stop in Santa Cruz and then go up and see Mike's Museum. Because, right, it's not large, but it is a wonder. It's a gem. And I was a very active volunteering over there for 10 years in the early 2000s. And we put on some great events. I even brought Bob Gimlin down there from Yakima, Washington. Oh. So, yeah. Well, superstar. An incredible place. Yeah. We made it a superstar moment. And Ron Moorhead was down there. And Bill Munns, the man who uh, verified or, you know, uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film with his background in creature costumes. You know, we did some events down there that were very, very high, high caliber. Now, Mike Rugg, with whom I've had a few conversations, I've booked him on a couple of shows, actually. Mike Rugg, right. he had, when he was very young, he had his Bigfoot sighting and the passion to find Bigfoot, to understand this creature, and ideally to protect the creature. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Mike Rugg's experience of them, what happened with him and how does he represent all of his interest in Bigfoot within the confines of his relatively small museum, but it seems to be right. full of stuff. Oh, it is. It's full of stuff. And, uh, it, it, you know, Mike would intrigue me. Was, not just his sighting, but his artwork. He did great artwork and I would go down with a friend named Tom Cousineau and, and we'd see Mike's artwork and we'd say, Hey, can we buy that from you? You know, we love that. This image of Bigfoot walking through the forest with all the forest creatures. And then he, Mike, when I first met him at the, at a conference in 2003, had a coloring book for children. And I believe uh, the Hancock house still publishes that his color his activity and coloring book. Yeah. So no, Mike has a great passion he saw one when he was with his family up on the Eel River in a remote part of, I believe, Mendocino County. And he was separated from his family. And he came upon, uh, he thought it was a guy down by the river. And, and, and then he realized it wasn't a guy. You know, this was not a human. But anyway, yeah, Mike, it sure lit a fire under him, a real passionate response. For a lifetime. I, rem I remember being on a radio show with you years ago in the middle of the night, like at one in the morning with Mike. That's it. I'm referring to that. Yes. Uh, and it was great to talk to him. Mike's passion comes through, but also his commitment to understand the Sasquatch phenomenon on a scientific basis. There, The folklore right. is always going to be with us there. But because he had his sighting, he sees this as something real as something that needs to be understood and, as I mentioned earlier, protected. 
In what ways is he doing that through the Bigfoot Discovery Center, which you'll find in Felton, California, in the Santa Cruz Mountains? I take it, first right. of all, that these places, both in Boring, Oregon, or just outside of it, and in Felton, these two museums, they're not that hard to find, but you would have to go there purposefully in order to go have this kind of experience, because they're not right in right. downtown. No, but you'd, you'd want to go there, because like I said, road tripping to Felton is, is awesome. I mean, there's other things nearby, but, you, you, you know, you want to go to Felton and see the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. And, and you want to go to Boring and see the North American Bigfoot Center? I mean, because you're on the road. You want to see things, right? So come on. Take, take yeah, a that's, moment. That's right. It. With a little encouragement, people might want to do that. Back to Mike Rugg for a second. What sort of presentations does he like to make there? There would be the evidence. I've seen a YouTube video where there seem to be quite a few newspaper articles. So he knows what it is to chronicle Bigfoot. There, but what's his particular angle? Is he trying to give the visitors to his small but mighty museum an experience of what it's like through the media? Does he have a, a video, for example, the Patterson-Gimlin film with a, an opinion about what was going on there and how to refute those, who, the skeptics who say, oh, that's a guy in a costume? Right. Yes, right. Mike does have that on the loop, and he's got a life-size image of the film subject. And he also has great footprint casts on display, and he always did. Yes, he definitely would have that, and he, and he can talk to anybody. He's one of these gentlemen who is easy to get to know. He has a gentle sense of humor. He'll share insights. He'll answer your questions. Same with Cliff Barrickman. These are the guys you want representing Bigfoot. Too bad they're not on retainer in order to deliver right. the story as best we can know it. And that story actually goes, particularly when you mention the name Sasquatch, this story goes back to the folklore or the history, take your pick, of the tribes going all the way up to British Columbia. Right. It was a teacher named C.W. Burns who uh, was working with the Chehalis tribe up there in British Columbia. And and he coined the term ses Sasquatch, or they were saying Sesquits to him, and he and and so he came up with the word Sasquatch. And the Canadians, uh, many of them, like John Green and Rene DeHinden, were very snooty about that. They don't want you. They thought Bigfoot was a put down. You know, don't, don't call it Bigfoot. It's Sasquatch. You know, and I always I got a laugh out of that. But you know, no. So yeah, C.W. Burns too, and my old friend may be at peace. Scott McLean would research old newspaper articles from a hundred years ago where people would have encounters with these things across America from Florida uh, to Missouri, Minnesota, California, and just great to see these old encounters, you know, in newspaper articles. And you know what they were by the people describing them as this upright, hairy beast that would usually frighten people, unnerve them to the point of, of fear. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, because back in the day, you can't even imagine running into something that's hurling huge rocks. Or, I mean, that's what C.W. Burns got an account out of the Chehalis people, of something up on a cliff throwing huge, rock, huge rocks down to their canoes, you know. And and then also you have the whole aspect of Sasquatch Bigfoot up in Canada kidnapping uh, people, you know, which which... We don't like to talk about, but Kathy Strain wrote a great book 
giants, cannibals, and monsters. Mm. You know about Na- Bigfoot and Native American or Native, uh, yeah, Native Native lore, and 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 yet, you know, but again, I was always interested primarily in the Patterson Gimlin film because I was lucky enough to meet Bob Gimlin back in two thousand and three, and we yes. sparked sparked a you know fifteen year friendship, and we're still friends and in touch, but he's getting on in the years and. And so that was always my main interest. And I did many great conferences in Yakima and in Northern California. But, uh, you know, at this point, I had a stroke in 2017, and I'm just more or less rehabbing here at the beach, mm-hmm. retired, and, and just trying to walk a couple miles every day and stay off the ground, you know. But I do, I do enjoy a road trip, and thank God my wife will be the one road tripping with me and she was the one that took me up to Portland uh, in February. We saw Bruce Springsteen in concert. And then we had a week in terrible weather conditions, you know, that we were able to go down to Boring twice. And we went one day out to Seaside. But it was just incredible. Portland had six inches of snow the night before we came up there. Oh, my goodness. And it just well, gridlocked the whole city. Yes. Yeah. Well, Tom Yamarone, we're so thrilled to talk to you anytime we can. This is your second appearance, as I recall. I hope there will be a third as we get more into the great mystery of Bigfoot, a.k.a. I really Sasquatch. That, Gary. Thank you. Boring, Oregon and Felton, California, Bigfoot museums, each of them well worth a visit. Thank you, Tom. Thank, and thank you, you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.